Swanson to first. The Browns are world champions. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. And Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch yet to Mahomes, does he? Welcome to Sports Knicks here on Ecstatic Radio. This is episode 44. I am Henry. I'm Mr. Hodge. And I'm Uncle Phil. And uh, like I mentioned, this is episode 44. We are recording on January 18th. This is a flashback from uh, the wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. And a preview to UFC 270, along with the results of last fight night, Kato versus Chikatse. And, of course, what's going on in the NBA. And in baseball, as we all know right now, not much going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's just take it away the way that we always do. Some birthdays, uh, January 18th birthdays. Take it away, Mr. Hodge. All right. Today, we are celebrating. Play, well, they call him. Playoff Lenny. I don't know how many nicknames they didn't give him since he joined the Buccaneers. <laughs> but um, happy <laughs> birthday to Leonard Fournette, uh, T. Higgins, Latavius Murray, Julius Peppers, uh, legend, uh, Gary Trent Jr., Gorgian Dean, uh, Max Freed, Brady and and sorry, Brady Anderson. I wanted to say Alexander for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Laurie. And Michael Pineda. All right. Happy birthday to those. Are these still Capricorns? Yeah, this is like the last couple of days of the Capricorns. Oh, come on. This is like the best time, though. Mm, I, 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 know, <laughs> I, know, I know you love this season. It's <laughs> rainy and cold. <laughs> and you're oh, just smiling. Man, no. It's, it's, uh, it's the goat's birthdays. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 anyway, before we get carried away here, uh, let's go. Let's, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll talk about some UFC as uh, we just have fight night. Of course, UFC 270 coming up. All right, UFC fight night uh, in Las Vegas was headlined by featherweights uh, Calvin Cater versus uh, Giga Chikatse in the featherweight division. And uh, let's just get straight to it with this uh, main event. Uh, I was uh, got to see this fight myself. It was uh, won by uh, Calvin Cater, surprisingly, according to Phil. He was surprised about that. Uh, defeating Ch- Giga Chikatse in unanimous decision. So he went all the way five. And watching this fight, it was a really – it looked like it was a back and forth for the most part. I mean, both guys just threw on each other. And it was just uh, – I mean, both of these guys just messed each other up. But, yeah, if you were to just watch it at the end of the, of the fight and just look at the end result pictures uh, – yeah, you can see how Kevin Cater uh, defeated uh, Kia Chikatse. Yeah, if you look on paper, it is a unanimous decision. And I there was one judge that said it was 50-44. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was that much of a win <laughs> for Cater. Even though he did win, I did. From watching the highlights, it did seem like Cater for sure won. But mm-hmm. maybe it was the end, like you said, that Kato was just made it seem like it was easy work. But now I would give, even though I am sh- shocked that Kato did win, no descriptive 
to his talents, but there was no way the judge saw the 50-44. That's just yeah. crazy. That means one of the rounds, uh, Giga lost and only got eight points out instead of the nine, which that's, that's all I had. But yeah, so go on. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking to this fight again, like Cater uh, uh, was ranked number five in featherweights, and uh, I don't know if we know that uh, Max Holloway had to pull out of the fight against uh, Woganowski for the championship. And there was a lot of all these, oh, who's going who's gonna to take his place? Who's going to take his place? Who's going to take his place? We know now that it's going to be, I believe, Korean Zombie uh, mm-hmm. taking his place. But, I mean, I guess, I guess he must have ranked, been ranked, like, what, fourth or third or something like that. So I guess that makes sense a little bit. But also Kevin Kidder would have been a great – well, we talked about it. Dekate would have been a good, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, opponent. But now that we see Calvin Kater defeated him, that he would have been also a good number one contender for that. Uh, Kater did lose last year to Max Holloway, uh, but um, this is an impressive fight, like you said, uh, against Chikate. And I would have seen I would have seen him be uh, also number one contender out there. Yeah, I do. Hypothetically speaking, if Korean Zombie wasn't chosen for the fight, or if it wasn't like a for sure signed contract. I don't think Kader was hurt enough or there was like a knockout or anything, like a crazy submission that made him look injured. So I wouldn't have minded if they put him in, but I think maybe it was still too soon. Maybe he still wanted some rest before the pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hodge, what do you think about this fight? Um, Just like the both of you, I was surprised at the um, um, – um, I guess not that um, Catter won, but like the for the most part the sheer dominance. Um, and Giga definitely had his moments, especially in the beginning. But I thought um, I thought um, he was going to actually 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 had him winning this fight. And um, uh, Calvin did an excellent job in this fight, a flat out um, domination. But I do agree with Phil. I don't think it should have been. Uh, a 44, but um, hey, I, we're we're all wearing different lenses, so maybe <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows what that's gonna do now for Giga? I mean, considering he uh, maybe now, I mean, he's, he seems like beatable. Maybe he's gonna get e- easier time to get fights. Um, mm-hmm. so who knows how that's gonna do? But like I said, Cater should be up there as far as the contenders are. He's fighting it now in the top three. I'm sure he should be up there somewhere. Yeah. Even though Giga, uh, I forgot where he was ranked. Um, I think it was but, eight. Uh, he was eight. Okay, even though but, you know, as we know, we talked about it last week. It's not you know he should have been ranked a little bit higher. It's just that he has trouble getting some fights because uh, people don't want to fight him because they, he kicks hard. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said though, since he got his first loss in the UFC, now people could be like, oh, he's human. He can actually lose. Yeah. And people can yeah. actually see his talent and actually see how good he is within the top five because he could fight them. Or if they're still not scared, or if they're not scared now, they're going to be like, okay, let's put him yeah. against like a Max Holloway when he gets healthy. Or let's put him against the possible winner of the title fight if Kaylor isn't ready or so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, yeah they just had to... I'm sorry about what? that. Yeah, which is actually a trap. <laughs> yeah. that's how people yeah. set themselves well, up for failure <laughs> well yeah I mean now that they have tape 
rush, you see, okay, they just got to look at Kidder and how he handled Chikatse. Or it could just be that, you know? <laughs> now that there's tape on, okay, how to beat Chikatse. Um, but with that being said, uh, congratulations to Kevin Cater on that big. I mean, he took a big risk too. Obviously, he was high, ranked a little bit higher. He took the mm-hmm. fight, and uh, he it paid off for him, big time. Yep. Um, so uh, congratulations to him. And then uh, we also had heavyweight Jake Collier defeating Chase Sherman via submission and rear naked choke. Uh, fly, flyweights Brandon Royval defeated Rogerio Bontorin for the split decision. That was also a pretty decent fight. These flyweights, um, women flyweights, Caitlin Chukagian defeated Jennifer Maya via decision, unanimous decision. Um, that's why I started watching it. Uh, yeah, she pretty much dominated the Maya on this one. Some pretty good kicks and hits on her. Uh, lightweights, Vishlava Borshev defeated Dakota Bush with TKO in the first round, team minutes 47 seconds. Featherweights, uh, Bill Algio defeated Joe Anderson Brito, unanimous decision. Prelims, we have uh, Jamie Pickett defeating Joseph Holmes in unanimous decision. What's the way to Court McGee defeated Ramish Brahimach unanimous decision. So we got a lot of unanimous decisions going on right here, a lot of domination going on. Featherweights, Brian Kelleher defeated Kevin Kroom. And lightweights, TJ Brown defeated Charles Rosa for the unanimous decision. So, uh, and the fight of the night went, to, of course, to Calvin Cater versus Gachikatse. And performance of the night went to Jake Collier and Via Shava Borshev. I know I said that wrong, so my bad. But um, that was fight night. And, of course, uh, we have upcoming big UFC 270, the pay-per-view here. Yes, it's going to happen actually right, maybe right around the corner over here at uh, Honda Center in Anaheim. Uh, mm-hmm. It is headline, of course. Uh, first, let's talk, before we go to the headlines, let's just talk about some fights that could have been in this card but were not. Okay. Uh, such as we could have middleweight foul between Jared Conan here and Derek Bronson would, would have been a good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't be able to happen. Uh, the Perry was moved to UFC 271, so you'll see them there. Okay. Uh, we also had women's flyweights between uh, Vivian Araju and Alexa Gross was scheduled for the event. However, Araju was forced to pull out from the event due to an injury and bout was canceled. Um, what was we had here? Uh, anyways, between Alexi Olenek was supposed to fight Greg Hardy. Uh, however, uh, Old Nick withdrew from the event due to an undisclosed reason and was replaced by Sergi Spivak. In turn, just a week before the event, Hardy withdrew due to a finger injury and bowel scrap. So no Greg Hardy on this one, unfortunately, guys. Uh, but let's talk about the, the heavyweights that we will see. We'll see champion versus interim champion Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon. Yes, sir. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Cyril Gaon won the championship not too long, the interim championship not too long ago against uh, Derek Lewis. And then Ghana won it, uh, was it, sometime last year uh, over uh, Stipe Miocic. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, uh, he couldn't defend his belt. Or he didn't defend his belt, so that's why that interim title fight happened late last year. And uh, so here we are. And that's why, okay, now let's talk about you, uh, uh, actual champion right now. What do you guys think about this fight? Phil, take it away. So this one is an interesting situation because – Francis, this is Francis's last, or Francis, his last um, fight on his contract. So it's weird. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that I, in my oh, knowledge, yeah. that a current have, or current champion period has one fight left, left in his contract, and he's still mm-hmm. champion. Mm-hmm. So hypothetically speaking, he has UFC by its nuts, 
in negotiations <laughs> because technically, if he wins, he's still champion. And he's been saying that he wants to fight like boxers, like legit boxers, like Connor did, but not having UFC get their cut and not having UFC getting, hmm. like, having a grasp on it. So if he wants to fight like the top tier boxers, which I don't necessarily think he should, because I don't think he is good enough to fight like uh, Anthony Joshua or that top tier people. I think it's great because he has the power to say, okay, I could make the millions of dollars boxers make. And then after that, win, lose, or draw, he go back to UFC and say, hey, I made $10 million in one fight and I lost. What are you guys going to do with my contract now? Mm -hmm. So he has that. But on the downside, he is fighting somebody in Cyril gone, and he is undefeated in his UFC or MMA uh, career so far. And with Francis, the people that he has beaten is either because he got a good hit, like a good knockout hit, or people who are mainly grapplers, like when he fought when he fought the title or got the title from Stipe, Stipe is technically a grappler. So it's kind of interesting to fight somebody who is like a good person, like a Muay Thai guy like Shogun and has more stamina and it's pretty much a better version than himself, which is mm-hmm. like, Oof. yeah, it is, it is tough. It is tough. Yeah, and I feel like with me, my betting picks, I jinx people, so I don't want to say any win, lose, or uh, whatever. Come on. But I'm not going to say anything because I do uh, have a pick in my head. I do okay. want somebody to win in my head, but I'm not going to say anything in case he loses. So, okay, just for Francis's sake to make money, I hope he wins. But in my head, I'm not going to say anything. Oh come on, Phil, let it out. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have Hodge make the pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hodge. <laughs> I guess so, huh? But my pick yeah. is the best fighter will win. That means Hodge is gonna win. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be drinking my tea like uh, what do you got, man? <laughs> I'll, I'll take that UFC money. I don't care how much they're getting paid. Okay, anyway. <laughs> it's better than I'm, what I'm making. Okay, back on schedule. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, I pay you guys enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. This one has me stuck because I, I, I feel like um, Naganu is like the obvious choice but at the same time Cyril God has been on a roll he's been undefeated and um I I thought he was going to lose his fight against um uh why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden I watched the fight uh, yeah Derek Lewis why why did I blank on his name after I said his name millions of times um I don't know man I don't know man <laughs> yeah, that was the fight I thought he was going to lose that he prevailed so huh I don't know I don't know. I feel like God is more fresh. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably 
I feel like I'm gonna bite myself either way, but um, I'm gonna stick with my original predictions, which is Francis Nagano. But um, I do think Cyril Gan definitely could win this fight. So I'm going with Nagano. Um, okay. I probably shouldn't do that. I made that mistake last time when he fought Derek Lewis, but he he's fighting the champ. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Cyril Gunn on this one. I'm going to probably get a submission win okay. from Cyril Gunn early in the fight. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to say. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Phil's probably looking at me like, you dumb. <laughs> They're both heavy-handed, so anything can happen. Yeah. yeah. I just know it's not going to – because it's heavyweight. Heavyweight fights don't usually last that long. Mm-hmm. So I just know that uh, it should end somewhere in the beginning rounds or like one the first, second, or – Third rounds. I don't think they'll make it to the championship rounds for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and for Francis' sake, let's hope it doesn't last to the championship rounds because he gets tired fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And, and he's been out for quite some time. That, that was my main concern with him as well. Yeah. So if you're in Ghana, you kind of want to finish it earlier rather than, you, than later. So uh, he's probably going to start off hot right away. But Cyril Gunn is a kind of a smart fighter, so he's, I don't think he's just going to fall into those, mm-hmm. especially with the preparation, because it's almost like Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis was almost the same way, where mm-hmm. he he would just try to knock you out right away. And yeah. uh, Cyril Gunn was obviously able to uh, survive that. So, I mean, we know that obviously Gunn is probably a little bit more powerful and everything, but uh, maybe a little bit more smarter than Lewis. I don't know what it was, but it's almost it's almost like that. You just take the tape that you have from there and then just you said Cyril Gunn is a pretty smart fighter, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but we'll see about that one. Of course, we have the number th- uh, the trilogy between this fight for the flyweight championship between uh, Brandon Moreno, the current champion, and Davison Figueredo. Of course, we remember the first fight. It was a classic. Figueredo rarely won the fight and was able to defend his belt. Uh, and of course, Moreno took the second one, and now here we are. Now that Moreno's a champion, this is the winner takes all, obviously. Um, Phil, what's your thoughts about this fight? Uh, even though it is needed because the first one was a draw, the second one, even though Brandon won for sure with the submission, and that should be the definite champion now. But they just want to make sure that he is the right champion. But I'm kind of upset because, yeah, the I feel like that is or the flyweight division is one of the least stacked divisions. They shot gave somebody else a chance since they already fought each other, and then maybe next fight it could be like a trilogy if Brandon won. Mm-hmm. But seeing how good Brandon was, I feel like he's gonna probably win again. And maybe like the second or third round by another submission. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like like you said, I mean, Brandon's gonna have to continue that momentum. It looks like the second one, like he knew he had him in the first fight. You know, he just mm-hmm. wasn't able to finish. And the second one, like I just gotta keep it going. I wanna have this history. I wanna be the first Mexican-born UFC champion. He wanted to have all that, and now that he is, we're just hoping that he has that same momentum going. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does that, then he's gonna do the same thing that he did in the, the second in the second fight and finish him off early. But again, Figueroa's strong for a little guy. So, uh, but like you said, you know, Moreno knows him now. They, they 
done the two fights already. The first one went up to like 25 minutes. Um, and uh, second one, he was able to get him. But uh, yeah, you're right. Moreno should be able to take this one. What do you think, Hodge? I'm also going to go with Brandon Moreno. Um, I, um, I feel like um, he's slightly the better fighter. And I think he's going to do what he's going to take. Well, He's going to do what it takes to um, defend his championship. And I am also voting for this to be not necessarily the last fight, but the last fight in a row. Like give yeah. someone else a shot afterwards and then like have one of them main event, one of the fight nights. And if he wins, then they could go. But it's time to make some room for a new flyweights to challenge for the championship. Yeah, it'll, it'll suck though for Mendo to lose because like you said, you know, the first one was to draw. And then the second one he won, and then the third one he lost. So it's kind of like it's still not not uh entirely saying that Figueredo should be the true champion or should be like you know undisputed champion. But um, who knows? That's why he he's gonna have to take this one. He has to defend his belt, you know, all the way around it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, either way, those two fights right there, you have the biggest guys and the smallest guys going at it. For this pay per view of the UFC 270 on Saturday, uh, let's talk about the rest of the card. Not, like I said, we mentioned some car, some some uh, match fight uh, matches that uh, that had to be canceled, uh, but uh, some of them is okay. Like what two weights we had Michelle Pereira, which is a pretty exciting fighter. He's a guy doing all these crazy moves on you know on the octagon. I like watching him fight going against Andre Fiajo. Bantamweights Cody Stamen versus Saeed. Nurmagomedov, which is, I believe, Habib's brother or cousin? Relative. I don't know which is either. Okay, so that's obviously anytime you see that last name, you're like, oh, you think of mm-hmm. one of the goats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so that's that's the main card. So it's only four fights in the main card. So you're going to be paying for just basically those two main, uh, headlines right there, those main events. Yep. Uh, prelims, we got middleweights Rodolfo Vieira versus Wellington Thurman. That's a weight to Rioni Barcelos versus Victor Henry. Featherweights Ilya to Toprira versus Charles Jordan. What weights Jack de la Madalena versus Pete Rodriguez. Early prelims, we got Bantamweights Tony Gravely versus Simon Oliveira. What weights Trevin Giles versus Michael Morales. Women's strawweights uh, Silviana Gomez Juarez versus Vanessa Demopoulos. Lightweights Matt Revola versus Gennaro Valdez and Kay Hansen versus Jasmine Jazudawuzi. So, so, something like that. <laughs> it sounded like an echo. I like, see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, it looks like the, the main two fights are the ones that are going to sell for sure. Yeah. And uh, those two, those main, uh, main events should be good enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just. Uh, so uh, hopefully we got a good pay per view going on. Can't wait. And, uh, yeah, and next week will be uh, another fight now with uh, Elijah Hermanson and Strickland. But we'll talk about that next week. And uh, let's go straight to some newsy stuff in the world of MMA. UFC champ Archimedes Sterling wants jail time for steroid cheats in MMA. What do you guys think about that? I mean, geez, uh, I mean, I don't know about all that, all that jail time. You know, just suspend them and take some money, but jail time. I, I don't know what you think about that, Phil. Um, I mean, I kind of, I do feel like it is exaggerated the way he said, 
but I kind of agree that there should be more harsher sentences for late intake and steroids or any performance enhancing drugs. And on the flip side, if it's like weed, there should be lesser sentence for that mm-hmm. because let me use the Brock Lesnar as an example. Even though I'm the biggest Brock Lesnar fan, and when he came back at two, uh, UFC 200 fighting against Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt is actually taking UFC to court because of that. Even though he's been losing the court battles because it's more of a steroids is uh, late in you getting an advantage of against your opponent, having the extra energy, having the extra training time, having the extra everything. And you can actually injure somebody because of that extra power or extra blink that the person has. And hmm. let's say Brock got Mark Hunt in the submission and broke his leg, then what? That's pretty much his health in line on top of, this is probably a basic maybe knockout or a basic decision. And that could ruin a fighter's career or take like a year or two off a fighter's uh, career. And how's that person gonna make money healing up that bone or whatever? So I kind of get why people would be upset and want a harsher sentence than just like the two year for the first offense or six months for the first offense, two years for the second offense, five years or life sentence after that. But it should be like first year, five years, so you can learn your lesson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, this, this is what he said. Uh, that shit bothers me, man. It really does bother me. You should do a job time for doing EPO or steroids or any type of shit like that in the UFC. In combat sports in general, you can literally rearrange someone's career, their livelihood, doing this contact sport, man. This is not like playing basketball. We're not shooting hoops. We're not hitting a baseball into the crowd. You know what I'm talking about? We're dealing with life-changing events when you step into that octagon. The one that our stupid will say, well, no one put the gun to your head and told you to do this. What? How is that a logical comeback to justify those actions? Like, what? So kind of what you said, Phil, you know, about, like, this is, we talk about combat sports where you can literally hurt somebody, break somebody's bones, but you, you're, you're literally in charge of that, I guess. Like, if it happens in basketball, it just happened to be a back fall. And, you know, you mess up, you, you break your leg or whatever. And uh, in, in baseball, same thing, you know, you, you, you heard in some other, but no, none of that is intentional in a way as compared to combat sports where you're literally, like you said, you know, trying to break someone's leg. Well, either that or you're just trying to make sure, like, because the other person could easily tap out. All right, yeah, I'm tapping out, you know, but you can still go as far as, like, you know, how, like, if the, if the fighter's actually going to, you know, submit or something like that mm-hmm. uh but um yeah you know like you could literally you know hurt somebody like that because your intentions are to hurt that particular person you know exactly to the point where you establish yourself as a dominant fighter in that particular case so i see what he's saying now uh, as far as like yeah you know that's not cool and in, in, in the combat sports compared to anything else but uh jail time is still, i mean it's, it's something else. I think, I think he's, he might be thinking about something. I, I think he just said that, you know, uh, I don't know. He's doing something bad. Like, what do you think about worst things that you could think of is jail time, you know, at the moment? Mm-hmm. Other than killing someone, <laughs> just jail time, you know? It's the worst thing you could probably do, think of in your head right away. I remember that's how he used to make threaten you or scare you when you're a kid. Like, you do this, you go to jail. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> so uh yeah but i don't know what else i don't know what else you can say maybe more years or, or like well i mean it's not like like in baseball you still see barry bonds obviously he already had a career and you know he put up the records you know and everything and uh but uh he's not in the hall of fame he probably doesn't care i don't know it sounds like he cares but he's not put in the hall of fame we don't we put an asterisk when we we talk about his his records. Same thing with Roger Clemens, not in the Hall of Fame. So in baseball, at least the idea is like, okay, well, the what we could do right now. I mean, we already profited while you were active and you were doing all those things. You know, as far as Barry Bonds hitting all home runs, everybody turning tun- into baseball. But now that you're gone, now we could be like, okay, well, we don't need you no more. We're gonna ban you, and we're not even gonna talk to you about in terms of, you know, enriching your career. In this in this way, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess that's what he's going with that. But um, um, well, they, he's about to fight uh Peter Yan again. Uh, I don't know if he claimed Peter Yan do any of that stuff. Is that what it, where this talk coming from, or is he just talking in general? I think he might be talking in general because okay. there was a heavyweight fighter. I think he was a light heavyweight fighter. Who okay. recently got suspended because he got tested or he tested positive for it. So I think it was just a topic that was on the show that he was on or whatever. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward, uh, Mana Nunes to go with the former two time, uh, two champ, two way champ, and now one way champ. Uh, Mana Nunes has reportedly parted ways with their longtime gym, American top team which is based out of Coconut Creek, Florida. That's according to Global Combates, uh, Rafael Varino. He reports that Lioness will be leaving to start her own gym in Florida area. Veteran mixed martial artist, reporter Alex Behunian, and uh, had an interesting notes regarding Nunez departing the ATT. Nunez after eight years with the, at the camp. Interesting tidbit for anyone that didn't know. Amanda Nunez at the MMA Masters when she lost to Kat Dingano and joined ATT. She finally lost at ATT and is now leaving to start her own gym. Huh. And that's interesting because that is a pretty good gym. They have like the current light heavyweight champion, Glover Texera, and they have Bobby Lashley, hot, um, (laughs) and like Jorge Masvidal, and people who are actually top people. So I'm actually kind of curious why she wants to leave, even though she has some good training partners that can help her out if she wants to continue fighting top here for a long time mm-hmm. but nonetheless good for her i hope she gets some good people to help her out yeah after the setback Nunes did say she would be more than willing to take on pena in an instant rematch but not before she got her quote shit together apparently mm-hmm. that is also now includes setting up her new camp which also means nia nunez will be leaving att to her wife i believe um, well, we'll see how that's going to go whenever her next fight's going to be. And uh, to move on, one more newsy stuff. Uh, UFC's Dana White defends Joe Rogan's COVID-19 misinformation. Uh, President, uh, UFC President Dana White has come out in defense of UFC commentator Joe Rogan after 270 medical pro- professionals called on Spotify to take action against, quote, mass information on the comedian's Joe Rogan Experience podcast. That's to share your thoughts on open letter following the UFC Vegas 46 event on Saturday. What expressed surprise before defending Rogan's support from founded COVID-19 treatments, such as the anti-paristic uh, drug Evermectin. 
quote, ever since I came out and said what I did, it's almost impossible to get um, monoclonal antibodies, White said at the UFC Vegas 46 post-fight press conference. They're making it so you can't get them. Medicine that absolutely works. They're keeping from us. After testing positive for COVID-19 last month, White followed in Rogan's footsteps by taking a cocktail of doctor-prescribed medication, including combination of Envermectin, Deepak, prednisone, and monoclonal antibodies, along with NAD and pretty much all this stuff. Five days later, White declared himself COVID-free and thanked Dr. Joe Rogan for the supposed medical advice. So um, the supposed okay. quote, Dr. Joe Rogan. How about that? Okay. <laughs> you still, so um, you still got COVID, though. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not necessarily defending or going against what Joe Rogan said, per se, but I do agree that he shouldn't be uh, pushing completely wrong information to say, oh, I took this and it worked for me, but I don't think you guys should take certain stuff. Mm-hmm. And also to kind of defend him is he does have or tries to have people with opposing views on his show. And I feel like instead of trying to like ban him off Spotify or take his deal away from Spotify, I should, I would I should say for the doctors or the scientists who actually know the right information or are close to as accurate as possible information to actually ask Rogan, hey, let me be on your show, please. Like, or somebody from the CDC who has more information in front of them, like on paper, say, hey, Rogan, invite me to your show. So they can actually give their side of the view and then have a nice conversation about it. Not just saying, oh, cancel, cancel, cancel. Even though this canceling is, what were you going to say? Well, I would also think, I mean, they, well, how about Joe Rogan also going up to them or going to these other, you know, supposed uh, contrary news media outlets and talk about his, his findings, you know, because, I mean, Joe Rogan is a podcast and the CDC have their part, they have their information there too. Mm. That, uh, I mean, I get it. Joe Rogan has a, has a great uh, uh, list, amount of listeners and everything like that. But I also feel like maybe like the CD, because I mean, his listeners are already saying, okay, let's not listen to the CDC or let's not, they're mm-hmm. not always completely right. I get that. I mean, you don't always want to trust, blindly trust anybody. But at the same time, I mean, I don't see why, you know, it has to be, to, for it to be a must that I have to go to the Joe Rogan podcast so that people could understand. I guess you're trying to, to talk to, talk to uh, people that, don't think like you, but at the same time, I believe that people that are really listening to some of these show rogers stuff, they already have their ideas because they're, they're yeah. as far as far as like, I get it. He has uh, people that listen or have contrary beliefs, but um, you're also the the host, and so most likely people will believe people you know the, the host. The yeah, they don't have the same thoughts as him. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. another way, it's it's a set. It's it's like watching you know any of the like Fox News or or CNN. You know, exactly. it's like, okay, I'm a, I'm a Fox News watcher. So anything, anybody, so I'm already on the Fox News side. Compared, even, I don't care if they have Obama there. I'm already on Fox News side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, exactly. um, so I think it's just, I mean, people are, like you said, people have their, 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 
their bill an ability to do their research more than just one one media. You know what I mean? If I'm just if I'm just a Joe Rogan listener, I should be able to I don't know who's the opposite of Joe Rogan, you know, listen to him. So I can so then I can form my own opinion or or so I can get my own medical advice about what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. It's just a at mess. The same time, at the same time, like okay, I'm a freaking CNN watcher. Maybe let me try some Fox News and see, you know, how they re- how they report the safe story. Obviously, they do it differently. So okay, <laughs> let me see who do I feel. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe this guy didn't make a point there. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's that. I mean, I think. Um, but yeah, like he might be right in some cases where you know they're. The, the the CDC is not giving us everything or, you know, the doctors are not giving us everything. Um, I don't know if he's ever had Dr. Fauci in this show. I don't know if he's ever extended that invitation. I don't know. I don't, but I also don't see that Fauci should be responsible for going to say, hey, Joe Rogan, you know what? Let me go into your podcast, you know? I feel like in that case, since the Joe Rogan's experience show, does get more views and more listeners than like CNN or Fox News. I feel like in the in the ideal world, uh, people like a Fauci, people like somebody who's like a lead person, lead scientist in the CDC, would be like, okay, Joe Rogan gets like millions and millions of views per episode. Let me take the initiative and ask to go on. Because with those millions of people who are leaning a certain way, they don't literally listen to me or they think I'm lying. So let me give them more information or my set of things. Yeah. Okay, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, he could do that. I mean, he could definitely do it and it'll probably help out. But I mean, like I said, we see sometimes sometimes when, you know, like uh, like CNN has, a, you know, let's just say he has Mid Romney and, and Mid Romney, let's just say he's making a point. What happens usually is like, okay, well, nope, 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 nope. Anyway, uh, we're going to go straight to break. Oh, we're going to go straight to break, you know. So that's another thing where, I mean, you also kind of cornered in a way. I mean, like Joe Rogan, like just to say, I, I don't know. I, I don't visit to Joe Rogan too much, so I don't know how open-minded he is about opposing views. Like you say, yeah, he may have people who have opposing views, but that doesn't necessarily mean like he agrees with them all the time. Um, or not that he should agree just because they're opposing views, but like he how open-minded, you know, in a way that how he'll change his mind, you know, he, he seems like a person that, nope, this is it. And, and um, I'm, I get it. Like, I just want to hear your point of view, but I'm still, after that, I'm still going to say a big fat nope, you know? So, I mean, and, and, and Dr., so for, for someone like Dr. Fauci, I mean, he has like 40, 50 years of this kind of experience that you, that people could look up and be like, you know, he has all this experience. He's went through, he was there since, uh, well, uh, since Nixon's time and all this. And so I have all this that you could literally look up, you know, and I have, and this, uh, this is what has worked. So I feel like people have that too, but I mean, yeah, like nowadays we're in a, we're in a world where like you come to me, uh, this is my channel mm-hmm. and let's go, let's go to this. You know what I mean? Pretty much long story short, I just hope and wish everybody could just sit down cordially and just share each other's information in a respectful way and take what you want. Yep. And that'll be it for this uh, UFC as we're getting cut short now. (laughs) 
we got to get to some football, so we'll be right back. All right, what a wild card weekend we had uh, full of uh, six games of playoff football starting uh, started all on Saturday and all, went all the way to Monday night last night. So let's go one game, game by game right now. The first game was Raiders at Bengals. Bengals end up defeating the Raiders. Joe, uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati won their first playoff game in, uh, what was it, 30-something years already? Or uh, almost 30-something uh, years? I think, they, I think they said 31 years. Wow, yeah. Their first playoff win, that is. And it is a team that went to playoffs for quite often uh, when uh, under the last head coach. Uh, what was his name? Um, Marvin Lewis? Yeah, Marvin Lewis. But, and Andy Dalton, they just weren't able to get past that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this time they defeated Derek Carr and the Raiders. Um, and uh, it was uh, 26 and 19, so it was a close game. Uh, mm-hmm. But a uh, very impressive job from the young Bengals team. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, for the young quarterback, Joe Burrows, used to winning, getting back on that winning track. Mm-hmm. A young head coach. Um, and we have a young receiver, star receiver out there. Mm-hmm. So a uh, very impressive win for Cincinnati. But then again, you know, it's Derek Carr and the Raiders in the playoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what's your thoughts on this one, Hodge? Um, I thought the Bengals came in um, uh, ready to fight. I, I thought the Raiders gave it their best effort. But um, the Bengals, they just been on a roll. Um, so mm-hmm. they're feeding off that role that they were in, and they were able to capitalize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so – We'll be playing uh, Tennessee next week, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, the Bills, uh, the Patriots at the Bills. And uh, this one was an easy job for the Bills. Buffalo Bills defeated the Patriots 47-17. to 17. How about that? You know, the Patriots being whooped on the playoffs. I think there's a lot of uh, most amount of points that uh, – uh, what's his name? Head coach. Uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick gave up in the playoffs. Yep. 47-17. So uh, – just pure dominance from the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen went for 308 yards with five touchdowns. So uh, he had a big game. As far as uh, Patriots, their young quarterback, uh, Max Jones, went uh, 232 yards, two touches, and two interceptions. There was no running game involved. Well, there was, but there wasn't much to talk about there. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations to the Bills. Is it gonna, but now they're going to play a very good game against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Which we'll talk again. We'll talk about and uh, another domination was uh, the Bucks and the Eagles. Of course, the go Tom Brady playoff Brady man. It's tough to uh, to go up against that guy, mm-hmm. especially when you're going up against a young uh, head coach and a young uh, quarterback. Um, but Tom Brady did his thing, and mm-hmm. uh, they ended up defeating the Eagles thirty-one to fifteen. Yeah, so I saw a comment somewhere. There's they're saying um, after that game, they're like maybe it was a mistake to add a seventh team in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> those couple of dominations right there. Yeah. Yeah. And that will put the Bucks to set up our, our game against our Rams, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about. And um, I'm sorry, let's go back a little bit. Uh, I did forget to mention something about the Raiders and the Bengals game. Okay, I thought, he was going, I thought he was holding it back. I was like, okay, let me let him. <laughs> no, my bad, my bad, my bad. I did forget, my bad. I didn't say I was going to talk about it right after. But because of this game against Raiders, oh, I don't know if it was because I'm pretty sure it's more than just this game, but Raiders fired general manager Mike Mayock after three seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a combined, in his tenure, it was a 25-24 record. Um, but all, what also happened, uh, bigger news, was uh, uh, Jerome Boger, uh, officials from uh, Ra- Raiders-Bengals game, not expected to work again this NFL postseason. 
referee uh, Bulger and the crew that worked the AFC wildcard game between the Vegas Raiders and Cincinnati Bengals are not expected to officiate again this postseason after their problematic performance Saturday highlighted by a controversial whistle. NFL grades officials after each game and Bulger and his crew are not expected to receive high marks for Saturday when they ruled that a whistle occurred after Cincinnati's Tyler Boyd caught a touchdown ball, although replays uh, appeared to show otherwise. Pretty much, he caught a, a last-minute touchdown where the referee has already played the, uh, called the 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 play because mm-hmm. uh, Joe Burrow went off uh, off field, and by that the whistle was blown and the call was made a little bit shortly after, and they still ruled it a touchdown, and uh, which wasn't supposed to be the case. Is this right, Hodge? Yeah, that is correct. Um, anytime the referee blows a whistle dead, that means the play is over, regardless of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. the, the referees this postseason so far, they've been really stumbling. I don't know if it's nerves or or if they're having brain farts, but they're really messing up. And it started with this game. Um, I, I do believe the referees made an honest mistake. I don't think they tried to screw the Raiders. Um, because I, I thought of it from another point of view, like what if um they blew the whistle dead and they didn't count the play? Bengals fans would yeah. be upset. And they'd be like, well, yeah. that should have been a touchdown. And um, yeah. and I did watch this game. There were a bad calls all game. So it wasn't uh, I mean, that play did make a difference in the scoring, but um, but um they were they were messing up ball throughout that game. So um, so I don't know, may- maybe if it wasn't the playoffs, that um this officiating crew wouldn't be um suspended for the rest of the postseason. I mean uh, wouldn't be suspended for that season, but because it is the postseason. Um, and eyeballs are on them. They they got punished, which you know, they deserve, you know. But um, yeah, I feel like it's a double edged sword. Like, yes, that play definitely made a difference, but Bengals fans would be would have been complaining if it didn't go in their favor. So it's one of those yeah. things. Well, Raiders defensive end uh, Max Crosby says, "In the moment, we didn't know because we heard a whistle. The ref said he was out, and then they said it was a touchdown, and then there was no review." So we're just like, all right. So we just keep going. We had our opportunities. We did. We just didn't capitalize. Radio Raiders interim head coach Rich Pasaccia uh, uh, echoed Crosby's uh, sentiments, saying he had quote no problems with the officiating today. Those are grown men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you guys say so. But uh, how about this next game? When we talk about officiating, um, 49ers at Cowboys. Oh boy, the Cowboys! <laughs> Such to be a Cowboy. <laughs> Such to be a Cowboy fan that these last two decades. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not gonna uh, lie. I'm, before we get to the story, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was pretty fun seeing um, that row session that the that the Cowboys oh. were getting. You know what? You know what I noticed It's like every time you know something like that happens, they always put the fans. The Cowboy fans are always <laughs> been put. I don't think I don't think they do this as bad to any other fan base. But you see so many memes of Cowboy fans crying, all this stuff, and they always because it always seems to be Cowboy fans. <laughs> oh, but they are pretty annoying when they when they get their way. They can be really aggravating. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know for us, it's any better than the 49ers one. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but the 49ers did defeat the Cowboys 23 to 17 in, in Arlington. But let's talk about what we what was happening, you know, the last, I believe, seconds of the game. Let's talk about the situation. Down six, the Cowboys got the ball back with 32 seconds on the clock. After, after the 49ers fall started on a fourth and one inside that territory and decided to punt. 
The Cowboys quickly moved into scoring range after successive passes, a 20-yard looking ladder to Cedric Wilson and C.D. Lamb, a 10-yarder to Tony Pollard, and a 9-yarder to Dalton Schultz. This set up a second and one at the fourth San Francisco's one-yard line with 14 seconds left. The final play, uh, with 14 seconds left with no timeouts, the Cowboys caught a quarterback draw, and Jack, Jack Prescott raced in the middle of a 17-yard gain to San Francisco's 24-yard line. Suddenly, Dallas was just outside the red zone, but the clock kept running. And we go the controversy. After the run, Prescott and the Cowboys hurried to the line in the attempt to spike the bar and stop the clock before one final play from San Francisco's 24. But the referee, who was in charge of setting the ball for every snap, accidentally ran into Dak on the way to the line, only officially spotting the ball with one second on the clock. By the time Prescott actually called for and received the snap to spike the ball, the game clock had expired. Officials confirmed time had run out, declaring the end of the game. And by the way, it was a long run for the ref. So, pretty much, in other words, the ball has to be touched by the referee, right? Yeah. Like, and for the time to, for them to be able to spike the ball or anything like that, right? Correct. And he hasn't done had done that, so he he ran. He like he had to run like 30, 30 yards, <laughs> like thirty yards. It looks like right here. <laughs> and obviously that takes some time. <laughs> and by Older the time man. he was able to, yeah. <laughs> and by the time he got there, um, time had run out. Well, not just that he kind of like bumped into Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then time ran out. Yeah, well and... he ran into Prescott and he touched the ball before time ran out. It was like oh, about, okay. yeah. About one okay. second before time ran out. Okay. Yeah. And so that means okay, so we said so yeah, so then that means obviously, you know, time ran out, so the game is over. And San Francisco wins the game. So yeah. That, it, it was it was only happened to the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I talk to us about what your thoughts on this on this uh, controversy over here. All right. Uh, so number one, this was so fun watching it. Um, okay, not 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 this particular play, but it was fun watching this game on Nickelodeon. I, I will say that I want to get that out the way. I, I okay. did it again for the second year in a row. It was so much <laughs> fun, you know. So if, okay, yeah, okay. Okay, now let's, let's get to it. Number two. Um, before I get to that um, particular one, I will say that was a stupid play call um, to mm-hmm. get them down the field. Like, why are you running a quarterback draw in the middle of the field with the game on the line is beyond me. That that could have at least ran out of bounds if he could have mm-hmm. ran out of bounds. That way, um, that way he could at least freeze the clock. But that was just a stupid play overall. Okay, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think there needs to be a rule in place. If there is a two-minute drill and the referee hasn't set the ball, um, like if it's that situation uh, where the referee has to touch the ball and they're nowhere near it, they need to um, freeze the clock a little bit and, um, and then like have the referee signal. And then like once he's ready, um, run the, start running the clock out or at least have like the closest referee to there, mm-hmm. so that way they won't have to worry about you know wasting time and 
having situations like this happen because that was that was outrageous. And when it happened, I thought they was gonna give the Cowboys a chance to like win it. Um, to, mm-hmm. to like, okay, that's mess, uh, we messed up. Let's let's refresh. Let's let's reset the game clock to at least three seconds so um, they can at least spike the ball. That mm-hmm. did not happen. They just they just said, "Oh well." They they're like, "Oh well, well <laughs> the game's over." Um, yeah. So um, I think the NFL needs to fix this um, during the off season and figure out a way to um, organize this better. Um, so so that way, um, situations like the referee literally bumping into um, Prescott <laughs> and and the O line doesn't happen again. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, that, that heard was of, my thoughts on it. We heard about Buffalo, but we never heard about referee <laughs> bumping into. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but um, I mean, the Cowboys did. Uh, I mean, they uh, they did the NFL playoff regular fourteen penalties, so they kind of also shot themselves in the foot oh, because yeah. I think the 49ers were also not playing the best. I mean, they were also playing a little bit sloppy. Yeah. Uh, so they had the chance. Cowboys had the chance to put it, especially by the way they were playing throughout the regular season. And um, for them to lose this way, uh, it's all bad. Um, I, I, was, I actually read a meme somewhere that said, um, I, I'm glad that the, the game was on Nickelodeon so kids and Cowboy fans can understand the game better. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> man, sorry, Cowboy fans, but <laughs> I, know they, they, I, didn't so- I didn't I didn't read the meme. I mean, I didn't, I didn't create the meme. I just read it. <laughs> Yeah, they've suffered a lot this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there are Cowboys fans like literally crying, and like, oh yeah, there are people getting into fights and fighting outside oh, yeah. the stadium after the game. Now, yeah, uh, real quick, it was funny. Uh, I saw these this one Niner fan all, uh, surrounded by Cowboys fan, and they was going to jump him, and so oh. this Niner fan was running for his life. He stopped, <laughs> turned around, and threw one of those big cones at them, and he kept running. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, football fans, man, I swear. Yeah, football and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Fortnite is moving on, and they will face uh, Aaron Rodgers and yeah. uh, Green Bay Packers. Yeah. As much as I didn't want the Niners to win, they actually did us a favor. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the matchup with the Packers at the moment, but we'll get to that no. in a moment. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the Steelers and the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs defeated the Steelers. We're all over the Steelers. And uh, they defeated the 42 to 21. Most likely, Ben, like Ben Roethlisberger's last game mm-hmm. as a Steeler. Um, so uh, it's an end of an era for, the Steel- for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Chiefs, uh, they move on. They made it look a little bit easy. And they move- they're going to be playing the Buffalo Bills, which is going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Chiefs. They did what I expected. It looked shaky at first, but they did what I expected. And um, um, there's no doubt in my mind, Ben Roethlisberger will, obviously he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but more important than being a Hall of Famer is to be inducted to the Sports Next Hall of Fame. So true that. True so that. When, when that moment we'll, comes, I can't wait. Yeah. We'll wait until his final uh, announcement of his retirement. Yeah. Uh, but it should be coming up soon. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and last but not least, Cardinals at the Rams. Rams, of course, defeated Cardinals 34 to 11. And uh, yeah, 
Uh, so there's a lot to discuss. So, uh, obviously, I mean, I think I, I want to start off by saying uh, Cardinals screwed themselves a lot in this game. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, especially the first half of the game. And the second half, of the, they were coming a little bit together, but that team was already too late. The Rams were played it smart. Matthew Stafford played it smart for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about, you know, obviously uh, uh, that, that uh, pick six, which I don't know what Murray was thinking at that time. You know, I was freaking out. I would have given up the two points instead of the seven points. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray threw for 137 with no touchdowns and two interceptions. And uh, like I said, I mean, it looked like the, the Arizona Cardinals were just all over the place, you know, and yeah. that first half. And then the Rams defense, especially the Rams defense, just took advantage of all that. And uh, were able to – and like I said, Stafford played it smart. There were no turnovers by the Rams, which is what – was important. Mm-hmm. Beckham threw for 40 yards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, I've always been, I've, and I've been wrong. I've been, I said it before, but I've been wrong about Beckham. I'm taking it back. He's shown up. He's played every game that he's been to the Rams. He played really well, played hard. He's balled out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a touchdown in this game. Cooper Cup didn't do much for the first half of the, of the game, but he still ended up with 61 yards and a touchdown. It was the second half, but look at all the receivers. We had a uh, uh, so Cooper Cup was the leading receiver in yard as far as yardage, mm-hmm. and Beckham with 54, Tyler Higby with 46, Van Jefferson with 41, Cam Akers with 40. So Cam Akers, I believe, was the one uh, received that uh, Odell Beckham uh, yeah. pass. Yeah. So um, Bob Miller, we had had a sack, six tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we did talk about Eric Donald trying to, of course, getting in a little little fighter with, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, calm down, man. Calm down. I know. Like, you you cannot with... do that. We need you. Yeah. Uh, David Long with an interception. He's the one who got that big. Uh, Marquise Copeland got an interception. Um, so, uh, look, uh, Matt Gay was on point. Johnny Hecker was some pretty good punts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the whole the whole team, the whole Rams team was clean. And uh, pretty proud of the Rams. And uh, we should be ready for, for the GOAT. Um, which we'll talk about it in a bit, but uh, yeah. yeah, your thoughts on this game, Hodge? Uh, so speaking from the Rams side, that was that was a solid game all around. They looked like they turned the switch and said, "We're we're done with the regular season. It's playoff time," and they did just that. They did everything right: offense, defense, special teams. Everybody was clicking. Can we talk about Cam Akers real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All right. This man. Yeah. Tore his Achilles back in July, and he is running wild. Like yeah. the fact that he's even playing right now and looks amazing—that speaks, that speaks volumes. That is insane. Never mm-hmm. seen or heard anything like that before. So, big up seventeen to touches, seventeen yeah. touches, fifty-five yards. But and then the combination of him and Sonny Michelle was perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's that's what we're gonna need. I mean, the running game. I mean, it's what we're gonna need right now, especially when we head up to the next game. I mean, we like Stafford's arm for sure. We have some pretty good receivers, Cooper Cup. I mean, what he does also let's talk about Cooper Cup too. I mean, yeah, he didn't oh, do yeah. too much in the first half, but what he does think when he's not receiving and the running game is on, when he mm-hmm. plays almost like a tight end, whether like a lineman, mm-hmm. I mean that that's pretty impressive for for a guy like Cooper Cup to do. Yeah. Uh that that's uh, that's also an area where we miss Robert Woods, but um yeah. But um I think um to um Odell Beckham, I feel like he actually matured when he went to Cleveland. Now that I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it, because I, I thought I created this thing in my head that OBJ is going to be a distraction. and But he was actually really quiet, and I think he recognizes his role 
and he he doesn't mind and um he's doing his job but it looks like teams um want to game plan against cooper cup but then you have to take into account like obj if you do that so yeah um so yeah, the rams overall played a solid game um Arizona, that looked like a team that does not have experience in the playoffs. And oh, yeah. you, could, you could see it way before the kickoff. They looked um, overwhelmed. They looked stunned. They looked shocked. Um, Connor Murray does not, did not look like himself in that game. Like, oh, no, he did not. Yeah, he, um, yeah he, he always usually falls apart around November, December. So um, that looked like a team that – had no experience in the playoffs. Um, now, a lot of people are crapping on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Like, this is their first winning season under um, uh, under um, uh, the the new head coach. And this Kingsbury. Is yeah, yeah, Kingsbury. So, I think everybody's overreacting. I still think he brings value to the team. Of Kyler oh, Murray. Yeah. I don't think it's over for them. Um, I just think they need to regroup and come back next year. But um, it's a shame because they're in the NFC West and they're not going to overcome us so they can yeah, keep on yeah. dreaming yeah yeah like well also like we talk about Stafford too in this case like uh, we, we've seen the problems he had a second half of the game uh, second half of the season mm-hmm. with all those interceptions and everything but we did this I mean obviously he knows he realized I don't have to throw the ball right we're winning by like three possessions you know so mm-hmm. let's just run the ball even he, the thing that the Cardinals never had was good field position yeah for most part of the game and then mm-hmm. so that's why you also had okay yeah, we might not get the four, the third down uh, conversion, but we still have field, uh, position advantage over these guys. So we're winning by three, you know. So, okay, if we punt the ball, you know, they're still going to be – especially we got Hecker, man. We got <laughs> one of the best punters in the game. Yeah. So uh, he could handle it. He could keep them – because they were kept that way back for long for the longest, I, I believe, in, in this game. Mm-hmm. So just have that and then just waste some time. Run the ball when you can. Throw, throw a little bit, don't don't go too much, um, and don't to put too much pressure on Stafford's arm, and uh, you you just wait uh, waste some time, you know, and that's what they were doing uh, for the most part of the second half of the game. Yeah. So um, that was pretty impressive for the Rams. But um, speaking of the Cardinals, they did have a, a that this time with the uh, Cardinal safety Buddha Baker, he was out, and he was uh, he was uh, he was immobilized and carted off the field in the third quarter following collision with Rams running back Cam Akers. The team announced he'd been he'd been rolled out with a concussion, although he moved his hand before leaving the field. There was clear concern for his well-being. He says he's okay. Thank you for all the good well wishes and prayers from everyone. Baker said Tuesday, I appreciate you guys. Everything came out clean. I'm going to make a full recovery, so definitely blessed. I'm excited to get out of the hospital and get back to Arizona. I haven't been able to shower. I still think and just ready to get back home and be with my family. Love you guys. Appreciate all y'all and sending love. So that's a good thing because it didn't look kind of bad Yeah. Uh, when he was down there. And yeah. uh, But a good thing that he's okay. Yeah, that was a really concerning hit. Um, uh, There's some people that was like trying to tarnish Cam Maker's name because um, he he kind of tarnished him when he went down, but he didn't know at that time what happened. He just saw him on the ground and taunted, but um, then he turned around and felt guilty about it. So Cam Makers was not trying to make fun of his injury. He was just he just didn't know at at that moment. And um, yeah, yeah, and um. I'm glad Buddha Baker's okay because that was scary. That just the way that he got hit and his body fell, it was scary. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah. glad he's okay. So um, continue to to have him in my prayers and pray for a speedy recovery. Right. Um. So uh, we also have here a uh, Texans GM 
Nick uh, Casario says on firing coach, or he fired coach uh, David Coley at the one season, says it's one of the hardest decisions I've made in my life. I believe he also says that he's not, he still thinks that uh, uh, Deshaun Watson is not coming to the to the Texans yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. So, uh, so story right here that they fired David Coley after one season. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I didn't feel like this firing did much. You're still the Texans. But, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, nobody looked at this team and said they're going to do something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, David Cooley wanted to be a head coach for a long time, and he just found an opportunity and took it. He he's sixty six years old. He probably felt he wasn't gonna get another head coaching job, so he's like, "Screw it, let's just see what I can do." So, I hope he gets another yeah. opportunity. But um, I wouldn't pin this on Cooley. Cause come on, look at the look at the franchise. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> um. Now we also have Colts GM Chris Ballard, Ballard on Carson Wentz says, I'm not going to comment on who will be here next year. So pretty much he's not going to say, sorry about right away. He's like, nope, Carson Wentz doesn't, it's not going to be automatically our starting quarterback next year. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. 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 It was a bad season ending for them, the way they lost. Mm-hmm. I was at the Jacksonville. He says, everything can beat your ass, Ballard said. And they came out and beat our ass, plain and simple. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. 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 I mean, like Carson Wentz hasn't done much since his like second year where he almost won MVP. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I, um, they gave it a shot and it didn't work out. The only um, downfall is they uh, gave away their first round draft picks to get Carson Wentz. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and he it gets hurt, hurt a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. That too. So yeah. it hurts to hear, but that's the truth. But, um, yeah, they gotta figure something out because I'm I'm still trying to figure out how I could get Jonathan Taylor back on my fantasy team next season. So yeah, oh that's true. We gotta get him back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Joe Judge grateful for opportunity with Giants. So he got fired by the Giants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it happened yeah. last week before. Um, yeah, we released yeah. our episode, so we couldn't. Yeah, like... Hodge was like, "Why does he still have a job?" Like, Come on, Hodge. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta speak into existence. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely, you definitely did. <laughs> all right, all right. Now let's talk about the divisional round here uh, for uh, starting in Saturday. We're going to Sunday afternoon. Let's start off with the Cincinnati Bengals against the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. This, uh, of course, the Bengals coming off that big win against the Raiders, a close game. Titans were the number one seed. So uh, it's going to be a good one. See how – I mean, Titans have been – do they have Derrick Henry back? I believe so, yes. Oh, man. Okay. Yeesh. Good luck, yeah. Bengals. Yeah. Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bengals are like, so it's going to be like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, who do you got in this one, though, Hodge? Should I just assume? <laughs> um. If the Bengals can shut down that run game, I do have them winning. I do think the Bengals have a bright future, but I don't think this is their year. I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee also. Um, we also have the other Saturday game for the San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. For Niners coming out that uh, controversial win against the Cowboys. Packers, the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, Hodge, what do you think? 
Well, this is not the time to play the Green Bay Packers. Um, this is a moment that you wanted to avoid playing Green Bay in January where it's uh, where it's freezing cold. Um, mm-hmm. The 49ers have been getting by on their physicality. I've always, I, I still think they're like an amazing team, but they're really physical and that's what helps them um, get the victories. They're a tough team. They're a physical team. It's hard for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers. Like, if it was Jordan Love, I'd pick the 49ers, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is and always has been dangerous in his entire career. So I'm going with Green Bay, uh, holding it down at home. Yeah, you had to go over Green Bay. But, I mean, 49ers have been giving the Packers trouble in the playoffs the last uh, yeah. several meetings. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does struggle against better defenses, so that is something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. And, of course, it's our team, uh, the Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, the yep. Rams, of course, came in with a big win against Arizona. Mm-hmm. The Bucs dominated Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, this is playoff Brady. I mean, the Rams did defeat the Bucs earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is playoff Brady we're talking about. I believe the Bucs have a couple guys injured, um, oh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Rams seem to be the healthier team out of most of these teams. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I mean, the Rams are going to have to – this time they're away. Last time they were at home when they faced Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, the Rams are going to step up. We'll see what the Rams are at. But what do you think about the chances of the Rams on this one, Mr. Hodge? Um, definitely not going to be an easy tax, but I do like our chances. Um, we matched up well against them. They're less healthy um, this time. Uh, so, um, definitely not going to be easy. I think it's going to be a battle. I do believe the remaining teams in this playoffs are the best teams in the NFL. So it worked out perfectly. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, go Rams. Yeah. Um, well, we talked, we texted about this before uh, earlier today, but uh, I know you said the Packers oh, were going to win four uh, Niners, but um, can you imagine the Rams and the four Niners at the NFC championship game? Uh, That's going to be crazy. I, yeah. It's going to be crazy. And it's like I also texted you, like it's going to be like the Dodgers and the Giants last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Of course, the Dodgers won that one. L.A. won that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, L.A. Can, is gonna, will take the advantage on this one. Yeah. But this is even bigger because this is for the NFC Championship. The winner goes to the Super Bowl. Yep. And yeah. so uh, it's going to be crazy if yeah. that happens. Yeah. So, yeah, that I, I've been dreading that. I've actually been dreading both matchups. Um I do think we, we could take the Niners. Um, we just got our head in our ass the last time. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. Um, I won't look too far ahead. Um, I'm just going to focus on one game at a time. Yeah. Okay. Of course, final one. This is probably the game of this divisional round. Buffalo at Kansas City. Kansas City whooped on uh, – who was that? They just whooped on um, – who they just whooped on? Uh, oh, that's the Steelers. The Steelers and the Bills whooped on the Patriots. So both teams whooped on their uh, their way into the divisional round. Um, so this is going to be a tough one. I mean, they are going to be in Kansas City, so they're not up in the snowy Buffalo area. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing for the Chiefs. Uh, what do you think, Hodge? This is going to be a battle. Um, it's pretty much uh, one of the best offenses in the Chiefs versus one, of, versus one of the best defenses in the Buffalo Bills. And then the Bills also have Josh Allen and and Stephon Diggs on their arsenal. So um, this is going to be a battle. Um, if the Chiefs could stay focused and stay locked in, I do think they win this game. I know the Bills are like really agitated about their loss last year, so they're going to mm-hmm. come out with everything they uh, that they got. 
So the Bills have to continue to play good defense, and Josh Allen needs to play um, mistake-free football. Um, he, he's used, he's pretty solid up until things goes wrong. So mm. if he doesn't panic and keeps his wits, he has a chance. So I'm gonna yeah. I am gonna go with Buffalo. Um, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs on this one. Um, I'll, yeah, we'll just see what happens. You know, I'm gonna go with yeah. KC. So yeah. All right. So according to your uh, your uh, predictions, we're gonna see uh, Tennessee and uh, Kansas City. Yep. Oh, that case it'll be Kansas City at Tennessee, and uh, the Rams at the Packers, according to your prediction. So we'll see if that's gonna happen. Yep. Uh, so it, nonetheless, it's gonna be a good divisional round, uh, divisional games. Uh, like you said, all these eight teams, remaining eight teams, are probably the best eight teams in the NFL remaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we'll see when we get there. We'll see who's gonna be in the conference championships, and we'll be right back with some basketball. All right, let's start some basketball going on right now. Let's real quick go to the standings, the conference standings. Of course, to start off with the Eastern Conference, the Bulls remain at number one. Even with the four-game losing streak, they remain at number one. Number two is the Heat now. So the, so the Nets go down to number three now. So what's going on with the Nets now? Uh, well, they do have a Durant hurt and, you know, Kyrie situation, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, let's talk about it right now. Okay. So Kyrie is uh, steadfast on vaccine. So he's still not getting the vaccine. And uh, despite the, the injury to Durant, and he's only going to be playing in away games. Yeah. So so that was a misinformation for me last week. That was my fault. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so, I mean, they were going to let him go. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about in California? Because I know California, I didn't, in a way, is also kind of like New York where indoor places you have to be vaccinated so i'm, I'm also wondering i'm guessing it's just mostly turn away uh states or something yeah i believe so all right number four is uh the Cavs with the five game winning streak. how about that the Cavs at number four uh the bucks on a two game losing streak they're at number five the sixers are up at number six the hornets are up at number seven and the wizards are up at number eight and uh the rest i mean celtics are are 10, uh, Knicks are 11. Of course, the worst teams, we have the Pistons and the Magic. Pages on a four-game losing streak. Over in the West Conference, uh, the Suns are now number one again. They have a, they enjoy a four-game winning streak. The Warriors are number two. They're three games behind the Suns. So remember, these, these guys were like a game behind each other. Mm-hmm. Now it's a three-game lead for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Grizzlies at number three. The Grizzlies have been playing pretty well lately. The Jazz mm-hmm. just lost to the uh, the Lakers last night, our fourth. Which, by the way, that's the Lakers' first win of the year. <laughs> I guess it gets you. <laughs> I mean, oh god, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number five is uh, the Mavericks, a three-game winning streak, so they're getting back up there. The, N- the Nuggets are numbers uh, six. The Lakers are number seven, and the Clippers climb back to number eight. So they switched off. So the Clippers have been struggling a little bit. They've had a Paul George hurt a bit. Mm-hmm. And which I'll just talk about right now with the Paul George, the Clippers are extending Paul George's period of rest a few more weeks to see how elbow responds. And from what I hear, I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week, how Kawhi might be coming back uh, yeah. sooner rather than later than we thought, which is good news for Phil on both sides as far mm-hmm. as his, uh, his Clippers and uh, his fantasy team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's going to, it's going to work out for him. Um, yeah. and he he was at the Rams game, by the way. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah fun guy. 
fun guy was doing his fun guy stuff. Just, <laughs> just looking, just looking at Paul George and Mookie Betts going like, yeah. <laughs> and he's just looking at him like, oh, you guys are crazy. <laughs> I need to chill. But what do you expect? I mean, this is a guy who doesn't even do that during his uh, his, his uh, parade when he wins his championships. For real. <laughs> Oh man, Just gotta love gotta love Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait for his Hall of Fame speech. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> He's like, well, I mean, I did my thing, man. I got paid, so I did my thing. Really, I just did what they paid me to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last place uh, in that Western Conference is uh, the Thunder and the Rockets. Got to mention that, of course. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rockets fans. Uh, today's game, there's not much going on today. Uh, we do have the Timberwolves at the Knicks. It's a close game. The Knicks are up on Timberwolves, 109-107. Then later tonight, we have the Pistons at the Warriors. And so uh, that's about it as far as the current games. Uh, let me see if so, I have any big games. That are... so, the Warriors, so the Warriors are having a scrimmage today at 7. Got it. Oh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, later on, tomorrow we're going to have the Cavs at the Bulls. And those who are playing pretty well. Uh, we have the Nets and the Wizards. Um, and we have the Clippers at the Nuggets, Pacers at Lakers. Uh, later on this week, we have the Suns at the Mavericks, another good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we have? Um, the Grizzlies and the Nuggets playing on, on Friday night. Um, yeah, that's probably the bigger games going on right now. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got some, um, some, some newsy stuff to talk about as uh, – Golden State Warriors distanced themselves from minority owner after his comments on, on the Wiggers. Uh, Benner Shameth, oh man, <laughs> Pali <laughs> Hapitia, a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors, is under fire for saying nobody cares about the Wiggers in China and the team is distancing itself from him, from him. So he just says, nobody cares about what's happening to them, okay? He says, I'm telling you very hard, early truth, okay? All the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. So uh, where he's, he's where did he stay? He said this on all in podcast and the dismiss the situation in China. I don't know where that came from, but I obviously like he's a millionaire, so you know he's doing all his other. They don't just focus about basketball, but uh, yeah, yeah, except so they're just like uh, yeah, you own us a little bit of it, but uh, we we don't know you. Yeah, um, that was very distasteful because if he would have been like, hey. There's an issue going on in China and nobody cares. So, but like I didn't, I didn't listen to the podcast, obviously. But it sounded like he was just being a dick about it. Like, like who cares? Why, why are we talking yeah. about this? You know. So, yeah, it's not that, like we're talking about practice here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we're talking about China. <laughs> that was pretty much his attitude. Yeah. <laughs> what it seemed like. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> change the topic right now a bit. All right. um, Kevin Durant diagnosed with sprained MCL and left knee. So uh, it's like, yeah, I think he'll be out a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, Kyrie kind of needs – oh, the Nets need him. They're in a little funk right now. Yeah, they still haven't all played together at once. Yeah, they need that to see the true potential for the Nets. I mean, they almost did it last year without all that, but um, – mm-hmm. Uh, fell short. Some good news though. CJ McCollum returns from collapsed lung and scores 16 and Blazers win over the Magic. Yeah, that's good. Remember, he's the one who had that collapsed lung. Yeah. It sounded just so nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're good gonna, for him that he's back. 
Yeah, they're going to need him with um, Damian Lillard out for quite some time. So, yeah. Yeah. And another return we had is Bam Adebayo returns from thumb and surgery. And he helps to seal Miami Heat win over the Toronto Raptors. So, and he scores 14 points for a gift for Bam Adebayo, which is one of my favorite names in the NBA. Fun to say. <laughs> Just flows. Uh, yeah. And one more bad news we have here. Utah Jazz put uh, Donovan Mitchell in concussion protocol. The Jazz said Mitchell took a hit from before halftime and, and lost. Oh, so that's why the Lakers won. <laughs> <laughs> you see, no Laker fan told me that. I was all going to Laker fans and someone I know said, hey, okay, that's a good way. That was a good way. That's a good way. Congratulations. They didn't tell me that Donovan Mitchell was hurt. <laughs> but I'm sure it was the other way around. Oh, LeBron got hurt. Oh, yeah. So that's why, that's why oh, we yeah. lost. Oh, yeah, but yeah. No, they just didn't mention anything about Donovan Mitchell. Oh, okay. You know what? I, I take that back. I'm going to go talk to them again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. that's that's your homework for today, for, for tomorrow. Yeah. The whole week, I'm going to be like, hey, no, nah, nah, you guys lied to me. We would have been the other way around. Like, AD, you know, Russell Westbrook, even though you guys said he was trash, <laughs> was hurt, you know, you would have been like, oh, you see, that's why we lost. All right, all right, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure I do my homework this week. You know, yeah. I would love to do my voice, especially if it was the Lakers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, that's about it right now in the NBA. We're getting close to All-Star weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as soon as we get there, we talk more about the, the votings and all that. Uh, but because we are in Super Bowl season, so that's a little bit more important right now. And uh, But we'll be back again next week with the, the, result, the divisional round. We're getting ready for the conference uh, round. That being said, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sports Next on Ecstatic Radio. Hopefully, hear you guys again next week. We'll see you guys next week.